Sunday, February 5th. It is Super Bowl week. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. Excited to be touching down in Vegas come Wednesday. We're going to be broadcasting all week. A little bit on Radio Row, an awful lot from out on the Strip. All the locations that you want to get into, we will help you get in there. Thanks so much for stopping on by. Like, subscribe, all those things. And before we get to Las Vegas, it's time to gather all the information we need to bring with us to Las Vegas, including, you know, the aspirin, the extra pair of underwear and socks and all the things that you're going to need in Las Vegas. We need information. We need information about the Kansas City Chiefs. When I need information about Kansas City, I go straight to the source, boys and girls. Bob Fesco has been a friend of mine for years now. And when it comes to having a friend in Kansas City, you can't have a better one than Bob Fesco of Fesco in the morning, 610 Sports Radio, the king of Kansas City himself. What's up, Bob? How you doing? I'm I'm fantastic, Damon. It's so awesome to be on with you. I think we met about actually 10 years ago at the 2014 World Series, and who knew that was just the beginning for what the hell's been going on in Kansas City for the last decade. My goodness, every time I turn around, something better's happening. And a pretty good day for Kansas City. Not only do you have the not-squishy Super Bowl practice field, oh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, but a big day for the Royals as they get into a massive deal with Bobby Witt. I see you guys are attached to your city to, to, to the World Cup. I mean, everything's coming up KC right now. You know, in 36 days that we've been, you know, alive in 2024, we've had a team make the Super Bowl. We've been a quarterfinal city for the World Cup. We've signed Bobby Witt Jr. to an 11-year guaranteed contract for like $288 million. And oh, by the way, Taylor Swift won her 13th Grammy last night, announced a new album, and Kansas City was the highest rated market for the for the Grammys because of <laughs> Taylor Swift. I mean, you got to pinch me right now, Damon. I never thought 10 years ago when we were walking around Kauffman Stadium going, wow, the Royals and Giants in the World series 10 years later we'd be the epicenter of america basically i mean it used to be like so we got barbecue and 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 these fountains at the stadium are pretty cool and uh arrowhead gets loud and and that was it that's about it and and now maybe basketball could be good every once in a while you know (laughs) (laughs) what uh so so is taylor swift now the preferred adopted daughter of kansas city is she everyone's daughter now well, it's it's unbelievable. I've, I have two daughters, a 13 and a 14 year old. And and I'll take you back to about a year ago. They wanted to go to the Taylor Swift concert at Arrowhead. And so sure. you tried to get in line with all that Ticketmaster stuff. And gosh, couldn't get tickets, couldn't get tickets. And for a year, they're planning their outfits. And I'm starting to feel like a heel as a father. I'm like, I mean, we can't find these tickets. They're $1,000 a piece just to get in the door. I can't afford anything like that. And I'm like, I don't even know what the big deal is with Taylor Swift, right? And so fast forward to like the end of June, I guess beginning of June, a friend of mine, fortunate enough to have a friend that has a suite at Arrowhead, he goes, I got these extra Taylor Swift tickets. Would you like to bring the girls? I'm like, yes, please. And so they were the year award in Instantly conferred upon you. Yeah, right. So that so they go like the beginning of July to Arrowhead. I didn't go. We had just gotten back from vacation. I'm like, that's the perfect night just to have to myself. Send the girls out to the concert, and I'm just going to chill here. That's my biggest regret in the last year, not going to the Taylor Swift show. Had I known it was going to get where it is right now, I would have been at that concert. But for a dad with two teenage daughters, it's been the greatest bonding experience that I've had with them. I listen to all her songs now. I know the words. I can talk about it with the kids in the car. It has been the coolest thing. And so when I hear nitwits like Tony Dungy come out and want to ruin this and run this thing into the ground, I look back and I go, you know what? Without Taylor Swift, 
my kids aren't watching the Chiefs like they are. And we're not having these conversations every day after school about Taylor Swift. It's been wonderful for me. There you go. The pop princess himself, Bob Fesco, joins us here. Right. It's great to have you, man. Let's let's jump into this game because you have watched the Chiefs through you know, any and all chapters of the Kansas City Chiefs going back to Christian Okoye to the AFC title game in Baltimore. And every season kind of has a through line or a theme that sort of runs through it. What has been the through line, the theme of this season for Kansas City? And for the first time since Andy Reid got there, does the through line come from the defensive side of the ball? Well, I think the through line for me, and you're talking to somebody who approaches things differently, the regular season doesn't matter to me. And and I had to stress that all season long. I'm like, the regular season doesn't matter, guys. This team is going to the playoffs, and we're going to judge the season based on what they do in the postseason. Well, everybody was so negative about this team. Oh, there's no wide receivers. They can't catch. They can't do this. They can't do that. Meanwhile, the defense isn't letting anybody pass the 20. Nobody's scoring on this team. They've yet to give up 30 points this year. And then all of a sudden, the last game of the season against the Bengals before the, the, the bye week against the Chargers, if you will, they put together a pretty good offensive game plan. They eliminated the Kadarius Tonys and the Sky Moors and anybody who wasn't productive in the offense, Damon. And they just started to use Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, and Isaiah Pacheco. And look at where they are in the Super Bowl where they seemingly have residency now. Like Celine Dion had residency out there in Las Vegas for all those years. Now the Chiefs have not just residency in the AFC Championship game, but residency in the Super Bowl and all the people who were so negative over the course of the season are now so positive that they're going to go into Vegas and, and win this game. And I think also they embrace that defense. They finally realize that this defense is legit. They haven't given up more than 14 points on average in the postseason, and they've been dominant. And, and they're so much fun to watch. And I'm so glad we're sitting here talking about this game because I told everybody the regular season doesn't matter. Trust Andy Reid. Trust Patrick Mahomes. Are the three postseason wins over the Dolphins, Bills, and Ravens, is this the most impressive postseason run to date? Uh, yeah, I think so, because they had to go on the road. And, and you know what the conversation was like that for them. Oh, Patrick Mahomes has never played on the road. Patrick Mahomes can't win on the road. Well, he goes to Buffalo, kicks their ass, goes to Baltimore, kicks their ass, and now he's a two-and-a-half-point underdog when the line opened against the 49ers on a neutral site. And we're all going, this is perfect. Continue to doubt Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, th th this postseason run has been fun. The only thing is all the fans couldn't enjoy it. Obviously, the Miami game was the only one that was here and it was like negative 75 below zero that day. So not a lot of people had a great time experiencing that one. But when you go into somebody else's house and win and it's two teams that have been kind of chasing you for the better part of half a decade, it feels really good. Bob, was there a lack of trust between Mahomes and his wide receivers? Obviously, he's found something with Rashi Rice, and he and Kelsey have as much simpatico as any you know quarterback and, and receiver, tight end, whoever the guy catches the ball have ever had. Um, is there a is is there more trust now than there was in the regular season? Well, I, I I think so, and and it's funny you say that because like Patrick Mahomes does these pat camps every year where he gets the wide receivers and they like run out of high school or whatever down in in Texas and they throw the ball around and even before the draft Patrick Mahomes was kind of working out with Rashi Rice and told the brass they're like yeah this kid's pretty good I kind of like what I see in this kid and so they took a you know a chance on him if you will if a second round pick is a chance but they took a they took him in the second round and you know just like any rookie you kind of start slow. 
And then you get to the end of the year and he's at 966 yards receiving. And you're like, oh my God, he's almost at a thousand yards receiving. Travis Kelsey, 16 yards shy of a thousand yards receiving. And Pacheco was, you know, a whisker shy of a thousand yards rushing. And so for everybody who thought the offense was bad and the trust wasn't there, the offense wasn't bad. Kadarius Tony made bad plays that put the offense in bad situations. And if he doesn't, you know, tip a ball to the opponent for a pick six against Detroit or line up offsides against Buffalo, we're probably talking about two more wins and home field advantage again throughout the postseason. Is Kadarius Tony going to participate in this Super Bowl? Is he in the good graces or is he odd man out? Yeah, I would think he's odd man out. I mean, they've done a great job by not having him part of the game plan for the postseason, and I think it needs to continue that way. We, you make it this far, you've got to have the guys that you can trust, and that's why this offense, I think, has been so good You know, in the, in the postseason because they simplified it. It's Travis Kelsey, it's Rasheed Rice, it's Isaiah Pacheco. Every once in a while, Justin Watson will make a play. They'll get a ball to, you know, one of their backup tight ends or whatever, and, and that's it. I mean, they've kind of battened down the hatches, and they go with the guy Guys that they trust and I think that's what you have to do at this point of the year Bob how when why did Kansas City become a defense first football team I think it started when they traded Tyreek Hill and when they traded Tyreek Hill they were able to get picks back in return and one of those turned into Trent McDuffie who's become one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL also in that same first round they drafted George Karloftis who don't look now had 10 and a half sacks this season right so you've got him you've got Chris Jones you've got Nick Bolton at the middle linebacker spot, a very underrated signing in Drew Tranquil this year at the linebacker position. And then you've got Trent McDuffie on one side and Legereus Sneed is just an assassin out there right now. I mean, that dude throat punched Tyreek Hill in the Miami playoff game, dropped him to the turf, and that was that. Legereus Sneed has given up one touchdown this year, and it came in the Bills playoff game on a perfect pass thrown by Josh Allen to the corner of the end zone, actually out of bounds, and the receiver had to keep his feet inbounds for the touchdown. That's the only touchdown that Legereus Sneed has given up this year. And Justin Reed has just been awesome at that safety position. He's flying all over the place. But when somebody goes down, they've got enough guys on the roster to back them up. We're on our third safety now. Brian Cook started the year. He went down. Mike Edwards went down. Shamari Cooper had to come in, or Connor had to come in and play. I mean, you, you saw the Bush kid have an interception in the uh, AFC Championship game. So they get production from 1 to 53 on their roster. But that Tyreek Hill trade really kind of set the tone as they're going to be a defensive team. And I honestly don't think it was until they won against Baltimore that the majority of the fans went, oh, yeah, we're a defensive team. We like our defense now. So I think one of the bigger mismatches that any Niner fan can see on paper quickly is like Nick Bosa against Juwan Taylor. Uh -huh. But I've been pushing back on that a little bit. Even though Juwan Taylor is often flagged, he's not a bad player. He really isn't. Uh, talk a little bit about how this Kansas City offensive line has overcome its nature for for pulling flags, yet still keeping Mahomes incredibly clean, especially in the playoffs. Well, they really haven't had the flags in the playoffs, Damon. That's been the big difference for them right now. Juwan Taylor was false starting. Juwan Taylor was holding. Juwan Taylor was finding himself with about a penalty a game. He's kind of cleaned that up right now. You're not seeing that out of Juwan Taylor. And I think your assessment of him is dead on. The Chiefs gave him a lot of money this offseason, like a four-year, $80 million deal. I mean, something crazy where we're going, what? Why are you paying him that all that money? But when he doesn't get called for penalties, he is a really good offensive lineman. And so they've got him, you know, that that everybody's looking at that matchup with Nick Bosa. 
But I mean, Nick Bosa is still complaining about being held four years ago in a Super Bowl game where he really wasn't held. I was reading a tweet by Mitchell Schwartz this morning, like breaking down that play again, former Chiefs offensive lineman. And he's like, no, it wasn't a holding penalty. You can see Eric Fisher's feet are still moving. And by definition of the rule, it's not holding. I love the fact that Nick Bosa is still complaining about that and still having that circling around in his head right now. Yeah, there was holding. I don't know what you're talking about here, Bob. Uh, by the way, it, we had the mayor's bet last Super Bowl. If uh, the 49ers had won, I was getting an assortment of fine barbecue sauces. Bob and his wife got a zipper mask, had the Chiefs won. And I just, I hope you're enjoying your S&M play. I really yeah, are. We're, I, I we're loving every minute of it. <laughs> For you and Mrs. <laughs> Fesco, you know, I you, you have such a good show because you're not just here for the explanation you're you're not focused on results. You're focused on process. The how and the why are connected in your show tries to get to the bottom of it. How is Travis Kelsey always open? Like, I understand the great ones make it look easy, but these defensive coordinators around the league are all smart enough to know, like, shut that guy down. Beating the Chiefs officially gets easier. Yet not only do they not shut him down, he seems to be running unencumbered, untouched to wide open positioning every single time I look up. Why, how does he exist like this? How do teams give Travis Kelsey free release? I don't get it. Well, we ask that all the time, and a lot of times my co-host will say, shut up, stop asking that question, you know, and I start laughing because it's mind-boggling. I mean, we're talking a better part of a decade where Travis Kelsey runs down the field, turns around, catches the ball, fakes to his right, spins and goes left, and it works every single time. I mean, it's unbelievable that nobody has figured it out, but I think what the, the big difference is with Travis Kelsey and why he's always open is because sometimes he just doesn't even run the right route. I mean, sometimes he just goes out there and does whatever he wants. Mahomes said it the other day about the, the Baltimore game. He's like, I don't know what was going on. Travis ran the wrong route, but he was open. So I threw, <laughs> threw it to him. Like he just has that ability. And, and I think there's probably a little bit of an intimidation factor. I mean, there has to be, he's the best tight end that's ever played this game right now. And, and I think people look at him and go, all right, you know, they, they kind of psych themselves out a little bit and Travis just goes out there and does his thing. But it, watch when he when he catches the ball. He settles down, catches the ball, fakes to the right, and then spins and goes to the left and runs by everybody. It's uncanny how he does that. Steve Spagnolo against Kyle Shanahan might be the biggest coaching matchup in this game. Obviously, what Steve Wilkes does against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is going to go a long way. But I, I really think that if this is a bare-its-teeth felt throughout four quarters of a football game, Kansas City defense, the, the 49ers are going to be in a little bit of trouble. I think also, conversely, if you're seeing the 49ers throughout this play, staying on schedule and chunk play here and McCaffrey falling forward for seven yards each and every time he touches it, that's when I'm going to say, well, this could absolutely tip into the 49ers direction. Just the ease in which their offense is being applied to the game. Spagnolo is historically good at taking good offenses and shutting off the spigot in the Super Bowl. Um, let's just have you work for the other side for a minute here. Okay. It's up to you to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got all the Niners' weapons in which to do it with, so how are you going to go about doing it? How do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs if you're Kyle Shanahan? 
Well, I'm running the football. I mean, you, you know, you saw what Buffalo was able to do, 180-some yards rushing. And for me, when I watch a game and I see first and 10 and then I see second and three, my stomach gets sick. I'm like, oh, God, I hate stuff like that, right? Then it then it goes from second and three, and they pick up another six, and then it's first and 10, and then it's second and four, and then it's first and 10, and then it's second and two. And, you know, it's just death by a thousand paper cuts, as they like to say. And so I would run the football until the Chiefs prove that they can stop the run up front. And and that's where I think if you look back at Baltimore, you go, why didn't you run the football? Like, what was that guy thinking over there in Baltimore, not running the football against a defense that a week prior gave up 182 yards on the ground? I think Baltimore swung and missed. I thought their game plan was dreadfully awful. And so if I'm going against the Chiefs and if I'm Kyle Shanahan, it's Christian McCaffrey left, Christian McCaffrey right, Christian McCaffrey up the middle, and I'm running the football until the Chiefs man up and say, we can stop the run. And if the Chiefs end up winning, what happened in the game? Well, I think they dominated on defense. They're giving up 13.7 points per game in the postseason, and I think like an average of three points in the second half. And so I think if if the Chiefs win this football game, it's because the defense went out there and shut down San Francisco. I I, I don't think we're going to see the over in this game. I I know people like to kind of talk about that kind of stuff from a betting perspective. I don't know that we're going to see the over in this game. The Chiefs offense isn't what it's been, you know, in years past where they're averaging 35, 40 points per ball game. If they can get the, you know, 24 points from an offensive standpoint, I just believe this defense is going to be able to go out there and hold San Francisco down. Always good to talk to you, Bob. Thank you very much for giving us uh, giving us a little peek behind the enemy curtain. You're certainly the man to do it with. Uh, it's been an unbelievable dynastic run for the Kansas City Chiefs. The 49ers really have been the second best team in football throughout this run, but with none of the ultimate accolades to really point and show other than the Chiefs have won the most amount of games since 2019, and there's the 49ers right behind them, and here we are doing it again in the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It should be an awful lot of fun. Great to catch up with you, brother. I'm happy to uh, give you one back on your show a little bit later on this week. What am I going to be popping on, on on Wednesday with you on the air? Yeah, yeah probably uh, Wednesday morning at some point on 610 Sports Radio and KC. And how good is it the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas is the Chiefs and 49ers and the Raiders got to sit there and look at this, right? The Chiefs took over their locker room. The end zones have the 49ers and Chiefs. Like, if you're the Raiders right now, you're going, give me strength. Is that not the the nightmare scenario? It's awesome. Seriously, you're going to lose to your old geographic rival or your arch rival. You're going to have the biggest win in the history of your your stadium. That is. Chiefs and Niners have played more playoff games there than the Raiders have so far. So that's good, too. That gets a chef's kiss. Thank you very much, Bob. Great to see you. Good to see you, too, Damon. Bob Fesco, boys and girls, that's the king of Kansas City right there. So nice of him to join us. Thank him for his time. Reach out on Twitter and say, thanks for coming on with Bob today. That was really good. Bob Fesco. And by the way, welcome. It is wonderful to have you here. Without any further ado, let me say uh, we're ready for a Super Bowl. There's just no doubt about it. Had a great wake up with Larry Kruger. That's available for you on podcast. You, of course, can reach it. 
back into the uh, into the hopper on YouTube. It's all up there, but it is really good to have Bob Fesco on. And it's great to tell you that we're so excited about bringing you everything from Las Vegas. And we're able to do so because of my man, Ike. What a great sponsor I got in Ike. Oh my goodness. He is taking care of the accommodations, baby. And that means an awful lot. It's why we're coming to you from Las Vegas. So I want you right now to go to Ike's, download that Ike's Rewards app. I want you to get yourself a delicious sandwich from Ike's. Do it on the Ike's Rewards app. And remember, each and every point the 49ers score in the upcoming big game is a free Ike's Rewards membership point that you can earn your way towards a free sandwich. Post Game and Damon is always brought to you by Hughes Orthopedics with offices around the Bay Area. His hub is in San Mateo, but you can find uh, him over in the East Bay up in Sacramento. Uh, Dr. Paul Hughes is the guy to go to if some surgeon is telling you, oh yeah, it's time for total or partial knee replacement, shoulder, hip. No, 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 no. Go talk to Dr. Paul Hughes about cellular replacement therapy orthopedicsurgeries.com if you want to avoid an orthopedic surgery. We always have love for Uncle Boys. And let me tell you, if you got a big bet to make, go to mybookie.ag, use promo code Damon when you sign up there. Oh my gosh, I am ready to go. I'm ready to go. I hope you are too. This is going to be so much fun. Um, The story out of Las Vegas today, and I just want to read it right out of the ESPN.com story, which is titled, The 49ers Displeased with Super Bowl Practice Field. Look, I just watched the 49ers slip and slide all over their own turf in Santa Clara against the Green Bay Packers. So they've got a soggy turf at UNLV today. Field conditions for the 49ers practice facility at UNLV have been met with widespread disapproval from various members of the 49ers organization. Adam Schefter's got the report. The NFL put a sod field on top of field turf and started laying it just last week when the NFL ordinarily requires Super Bowl practice fields to meet certain standards in December. So they kind of, what, laid down turf on top of AstroTurf and thought that that was going to be good? Now the Chiefs are at the Raiders practice facility, which, by the way, is roughly the size of a small Division three school campus. Like, it is, there is a huge Raiders practice facility in Henderson. Why the two teams cannot share the facility with rotating hours is beyond me. I don't get that. But if you have to separate them completely, for the 49ers to have an inferior surface or a dangerous surface on which to practice, like, that's not good. The NFL hardness score for fields averaged 78 with no field being less than 70. The 49ers field is considered in the 50s. I didn't know we would be talking about hardness scores. Well, at least not not in terms of fields anyways (laughs) when it comes to a trip to Las Vegas. So, okay, you know. 49ers already collecting excuses is how some people will talk about this. But the truth is, uh, the last thing you want is an unsure practice field as you're getting ready, right? I mean, you just, 
it's one of those got to deal with this now too. So I think it's safe to say that there's no amount of on-field practice is going to really going to affect the outcome of this game. Just walk it through. You walk through this whole thing in a Kmart parking lot if you've got to. Nobody's allowed to get hurt on a crap practice field. If I'm Kyle, I'd just walk out there and I'd say, we'll just walk through, no practice. What are, you, what are we kidding? But that stinks. And again, if I were the 49ers and this were really a concern, like truly a concern, what I would tell the NFL is, hey, we wanted to be here and be good soldiers through this entire Super Bowl, but you guys have so thoroughly fucked up our practice field. Here's what we're doing. We're taking the entire team. We're putting them on an airplane. We're going back to Santa Clara. We're going to fly back on Saturday night. We're going to practice where we think, although the rain up here in the Bay Area right now, I don't know how much less of a soggy field that you got, but maybe a little indoor facility for the Niners. Not that they really have an indoor practice facility. Um, but I, I don't know. Like if I were the 49ers, I'd just be like to hell with all the media requirements and responsibility. Like we, we, we don't care how much you find us for skipping media day or media night or whatever. We, we just want to get ready for the Kansas city chiefs and whoever's feelings need to get hurt between now and then we don't really, we don't really care. So, I mean, if, if I'm the 49ers, charter a few buses and go to, I don't know, would, would you go to drive to Arizona for an indoor practice facility? Would you drive to Las Vegas or, excuse me, uh, L.A.? I don't know. But that is, uh, that's that's less than ideal. Like, hey, it's time to get ready for the Super Bowl. Oh, well, you got a field that you really can't play on safely to get ready. That's not good. I, again, I would just, I would just tell the Kansas City Chiefs, hey, um, 49ers are coming to the facility. 49ers are coming to the Raiders facility and and how much that inconvenience is all involved really doesn't even matter. I wouldn't care. I would much rather have an inconvenient practice situation than anyone getting hurt on an inferior field. My goodness. By the way, Sporticus is saying Elvis Presley, the Beatles, and a few more would need to be open for me to not to laugh at a thousand dollars to see Taylor Swift or anyone else. Again, that's an awful lot of money to plop down for a few hours. I have made those are too expensive bad concert ticket decisions, though, in my life. Not quite a thousand. I've never dropped it. Well, no, that's not true. If we're talking about airfare, hotel, all the accommodations. Yeah, I've spent more than $1,000 on a concert at times. But at least I like I got a beach in Mexico with that too. So there's that. Fair enough here. Texas Niners said, did Kansas City really kick their ass with reference to the Bills? I mean, they went in and they won the game. So kind of. But that is a game where the Bills, what, they did score 24 points. But the, look, the Chiefs have just been... They've been a fantastic defense all postseason long. I mean, a really good defense, like allowing fewer points than they did at any point in time in the regular season defense. They allowed seven points to Miami, 24 points for Buffalo, only 10 for Baltimore. They've allowed 13.7 points per game with about a field goal allowed on average in the second half of these games. 
In the regular season, they give up 17.3 points per game. Postseason, it's 13.7. So that's a defense that has been getting better in hostile environments. The bigger the game gets, the better that defense has performed. Well, the Niners, they, they don't have that going for them right now. They don't have that going for them right now. And, you know, we've been pointing an awful lot, like an awful lot at Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Javon Kinlaw. And that defensive line is like, hey, you know, for this defense to work better, it's up to you guys. It's up to these highest paid down defensive linemen to get it right. Saw this. Since Talanoa Hufanga got hurt back in week 12, San Francisco's defense is ranked 23rd in expected points allowed. And that doesn't even include the throwaway game in week 18. They have now ranked 20th on drop back passes after ranking no worse than fifth over the first 11 weeks. With Talanoa Hufanga, this defense was a lot better than it's been without him. Now, Jair Brown has also done a very good job thrown into the situation. But it doesn't cover up the fact that four of the last five Niners opponents have generated a positive expected points added after only four of the first 14 opponents did so. So missing Talanoa Hufanga has meant an awful lot for how the entire of this defense has functioned since he's gone out. He will not be back in time for the Super Bowl. We do know that. So you got to deal with it. Just like a soggy practice field, you got to deal with it. There are going to be moments in this game where it feels like Kansas City is about to overwhelm you. You better deal with it in real time as it's happening because the wrong time three and out for your offense wrapped around Mahomes starting to really get comfortable in a game. Now, all of a sudden, you're down two possessions and historically, you go down two possessions in a Super Bowl. You're going to lose that Super Bowl. That's kind of how it goes. Unless it's 28 to three and the Falcons are involved and we won't put that on Kyle. I don't even want to hear it. Talking about this on wake up with Larry. Debo might be the mismatch that sort of by moving him around with motion telegraphs a little what Kansas City's defensive snap might be. Steve Spagnuolo is great at disguising coverages. Hopefully the pre-snap motion reveals to Brock what this coverage may or may not be. I think George Kittle, again, George Kittle and Debo putting up big days right in the middle of a San Francisco 49ers win sounds like a path to victory. I don't think that if either one of them, like neither Debo nor George Kittle had big numbers, there's an absence felt. I bet you that happens in a loss. Like it can't all be Christian McCaffrey. Can't all be Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy. Spreading the ball around, keeping Kansas City's defense honest all game long and just staying ahead of the sticks and keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. Long drives that result in touchdowns is the key to this happening. And for long drives to result in touchdowns, I think Kittle and Debo need their touches. If the 49ers win, they're both right in the middle of it. If the 49ers lose, their absence, I think, will be part of the, de the defining 
feature of the loss if that's really what the Niners end up doing on Super Bowl Sunday. I think they can win this game. Patrick Mahomes is the better race car driver. The 49ers have the better race car. Hopefully the machine beats the man. The system. Oh, the system. Let's go 49ers system. It's got to be ready to go at top flight. And they've got a soggy practice field on which to get ready. Oh, boy. I'm ready to go. I'm glad Bob Fesco could join us here today. Uh, We are going to have shows from you throughout the week that are just, I think, going to be set up to be absolutely fantastic shows. I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to the media appearances uh, that we will be doing for you around the Plus, on the Plus, circling the Plus. Lots of good stuff coming up this week. Lots of fun stuff coming up this week. I'm going to see if I can get Ike to uh, keep that promotion. That got everybody over the weekend free chips and a drink. See if we can get that Super Bowl promo rolling so everybody's got a little something to look forward to this week besides just the big game that's a-coming. A couple of other things. And really, it's not even a couple of other things. It's just one other thing that I want to bring up before we hop into Club Plus today. Steph Curry can't be dropping 60 in losses. That just can't happen. That can't happen. By the end of this road trip, we are going to have the NBA trade deadline. What the what the what the Warriors do here, I do not know. But they got to do something. They got to do something because just sitting around wishing and waiting for Andrew Wiggins to really be that guy or for Clay Thompson to get it back to make everyone feel good, including himself again about who he is on a basketball court. I don't know if those are actual options. I don't. The Warriors, man, it just feels like it, it, it got old and it went wrong fast and there's no real way out of this. They're In Brooklyn later today. Good luck with that. Losing to the Brooklyn Nets on the road, that wouldn't that would not be good. You got some epic curry performances that are going into the loss column. It's brutal. Just brutal. I mean, that's for a team that needs to feel better about itself. How bad must the Warriors feel to be changing after a loss next to Steph Curry in the locker room? He's got 60. No one else put together like 10 good trips up and down the court. No one. Trace Jackson Davis still being held to single-digit minute totals. What, What is going on, Steve Kerr? We will focus more on basketball starting next week. Starting next week. Bosa wasn't held. He was almost beheaded. Rigged. <laughs> Thank you, rigged. Thank you. Let's see what happens with the way this game is officiated. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I would rather have the officials just duck out and let them play than an over-officiated Super Bowl. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't think you need it. And the better team 
should survive the afternoon where they're they're letting them play. And the 49ers, supposedly, they got the better team. So let's find out. Kelsey, the greatest tight end. Nick Nice, 21. I mean, he really is special. There's just no denying who Travis Kelsey is. Now, there's also no denying who George Kittle is, who's maybe the big... This is like the greatest tight end Super Bowl of all time, right? It really is. It's the greatest tight end Super Bowl of all time. You have the greatest pass-catching tight end ever, and maybe the most complete, well-built, all phases of what you ask a tight end to do, tight end ever in George Kittle. So there's nothing but universal respect between those two guys. It's good stuff. Are you ready to hop into Club Plus? Are you feeling it here? 49ers Wake Up was outstanding. I suggest you check it out. Uh, Larry and I are going to be coming to you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a big wake up Friday ahead of the Super Bowl. And then, of course, at the two-minute warning. And that studio is already up and waiting for you. So go into the Super Bowl studio, click notify, and don't miss anything. When we go live at the two-minute warning of the Super Bowl it's going to be the biggest audience we've ever had here on the Plus. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. By the way, we are at 100 members. 100 members, finally, among the initiated. That's going to make Sports Bane very, very happy. I heard Sports Bane might be actually making a his own private flight to Las Vegas as well. So we'll see if Sports Bane doesn't actually show up somewhere on the Vegas Strip. This is going to be a very, very exciting week. I thank you for beginning your week right here. Uh, by the way, I noticed that the podcast is burst into like Apple's top 30 sports podcast. That means an awful lot of people who've been coming to it have been downloading it. This is where you're coming for your 49ers Super Bowl information. And I thank you all so very much for not forgetting about your boy. We don't need no radio. We got our own channel. We're going to do things our own way. Thank you very, very much for listening. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.